some of the most um, primary relationships in our lives. If we're to think about the amount of time, the amount of time that we spend relationally, it is probably mostly taken up with wives and husbands, children, or the workplace. Maybe all three, maybe one of, one of those three. And so that's what Paul's speaking to here, to, to those, the, that relational um, spread of spouse, children, and the workplace. And there's something about me, as, as, or something about like, reading over this letter and taking it as, it's, as in its entirety, that you begin to like, get caught up in it. And uh, I'm not going right back to the beginning, but in, even in Ephesians chapter 3, I just love that prayer. Just I keep going back to it. I find myself going back to it this week, just needing to remind myself uh, the, the height and the breadth and the depth of the love that Jesus has for me. And Paul's prayer is that I would know that and I would experience that. It's my prayer for all of us. And the letter continues. We've, we've touched on this and we continue to do it in our midweeks. Um, the, the, the giftings that have been poured out for the church in order to reach the full maturity, to be the church that Jesus intended us to be. Here are these gifts that have been poured out. You're getting caught up in this. In um, Ephesians chapter 5, this, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Um, you are light in the Lord. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And, the, and Paul goes on, be filled with the Spirit. So when you come together, be filled with the Spirit and bring a song, bring a psalm, bring a word that's going to encourage. And it feels, like we're, like, it feels like it's building up to something. It feels like as you take it in its entirety, it's building up to something. There's this upward movement. We're getting ready for that next stage of glory. And what is the next stage? The next stage is submit yourselves to one another. Maybe that's not how you feel when you read it, but that's how I felt when you, you get caught up in it. You feel like you're on this upward, where are we going next? Where are we going next, Paul? And he's like, submit yourself, yourselves to one another. Um, and that's, that's really important. It's really, really key. So you may be being to ask the question as we went through this series, what's next in this spirit-formed life? And what's next, according to Paul, is that we submit ourselves to one another. It's not, doesn't sound so glamorous, does it? Doesn't sound like the next big exciting moment. Submit ourselves to one another. And he goes, he's going to go on and talk about that specifically in, in the home and in the workplace. And it is the most immediate place. It is the most immediate place where we practice the ways of Jesus. And so as much as we, um, as much as I put my best foot forward here this morning, as much as I shave my head, especially for today, put on my best jumper, like the where I'm going to most, the most immediate place where I practice the ways of Jesus is in the home or in the workplace. And I think it's the same for us all. There's a part of me just even as we, maybe over the last couple of days, and even again this morning, there's a, there's a, there's a part of me grieves, not for any big moment necessarily this week. I'm not, uh, I, I hope not. Um, but unfortunately, it is normally our family 
or our fellow workers that bear the brunt of our immaturity. It's our family. It's our wives or our husbands. It's our children. It's the people that we rub shoulders with in the workplace or in school that bear the brunt of our immaturity. I'm totally convinced that the depth, and that's what we've been talking about, that's what's been the thread over the series right from back in January. We're talking about how do we, how do we dig down deeper? How can we, our roots go further? How can we mature and grow uh, to the measure of the fullness of Jesus. And I'm pretty convinced that the depth of our roots and our maturity will be seen in how we treat those that we spend most of our time with. Our, the depth of our roots or the level of our maturity, the, the, our, our growing and maturing to be more like Jesus will be seen with those that we are in closest proximity to. And I go back, and I think we've been here several times over the last number of years, the message version of Romans chapter 12 is just continually incredibly key for me. And this is, what, uh, this is what, how Eugene Peterson translates Romans chapter 12. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday and your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, and your going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. It's that, it's that ordinariness, it's that unglamorous side of following Jesus that actually maybe needs more of our attention. Are going to work or walking around everyday, ordinary life, placing it before God as an offering. And I keep coming back to this, and what this is hear nothing else this morning. Just keep hearing this, submit to one another. We do not become mature on our own. We cannot. I've, I've talked about that before. Really hope. There's some stuff that we can there's some stuff that we can converse and get into debate or dialogue over. But I'm hoping that you're convinced of this, that we cannot, it's impossible to mature on our own. And um I'm not I don't think we'll do it this morning, don't necessarily have time. There's a part of me let me just for a moment actually this this idea of confession. I've been challenged by this over the last number of weeks, actually, and um, I don't think we're that good at it. I think the more traditional churches are, are pretty good at it, this idea of just moment to confess. This, like, corporate confession. Merciful God. Be merciful to me, O God. Um, we confess the things that we've that we've done in thought and word and deed, and we confess the things that we haven't done. We confess where we haven't loved well. We confess where we haven't loved our neighbour as ourselves. And I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna induce any sort of guilt or shame. But love is just to hold that for a moment if that's okay. So often we can slip past it. And I don't wanna I really there's times that I, 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 because I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, I'll move beyond this. But I think there's moments where we just 
want to make sure that we are keeping short accounts, that we're taking ownership, first of all, before God. That's what David cried out, Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned and then, and then work it out. And so I just want to make sure that we, that we do that. So um, as awkward as this is for a moment, I'm just inviting you to confess where maybe those closest to you have bared the brunt of your, your immaturity. I can't think of another word at the moment. Um, confess it to Jesus. He's faithful and just to forgive. I think this is um, this has been weighing on me, but especially uh, as we considered what we want to do in the autumn. Um, some of you might have been surprised to hear that we are thinking about what we're going to do in July, in the middle of July. But we've actually even thought about what we're going to do in September, and um, and so part of what we want to do in September and maybe over October and November is uh, almost like a foundation series. And uh, and almost just go back to go back to basics. I, almost, I say basics. In some ways, some of the things we want to talk about they're they're one hundred and one, but the others, in some ways, too, they're PhD. Like we can talk about prayer, and it's simple. It's really simple. But actually, prioritizing and living a life of prayer, it can be like really difficult too. And. Um, and so we want to do that in the autumn. We want to talk about prayer. We want to talk about baptism. We want to talk about communion. And one of the things that I've just kept thinking about is this idea of confession. It needs to be more foundational. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe I'm just like being ridiculously vulnerable at the moment and just saying maybe that's just what's going on in me. But I do think it is important for us as we think of what is foundational, that confession is certainly one of those things. And so all of this that we're talking about this morning, those foundations and this idea of submitting to one another, it can only be accomplished in relationship with others, mutually reliant on one another, mutually reliant, mutually dependent. Um, and so if we were to take this, what then Paul goes on to say, he talks about wives submitting to husbands, um, and uh, he goes on to talk about so much about as Christ loved the church. He goes on to talk about just as Christ gave himself up. He talks about Christ feeding her, feeding the church, feeding the body, caring for the body. And I think that's important that we say that we no longer understand our role. Whatever, whether we're mother, father, colleague, husband, wife, we no longer understand our role by comparing it to some model taken from culture. And I'm not dismissing some of the stuff that's there's some good stuff out there, but we, that's not where we um, that's not where we understand our role primarily. We always compare it to Christ and how He loved, how He offered Himself as a as an offering, 
gave himself up, feeding and caring. And so when it comes to these, these um, relationships that we are in closest proximity to, pay attention to the way of Jesus. You maybe get, I hope you don't get bored of me saying the same thing, but no matter where the conversation goes, I suppose it always comes back to this. Whether we're talking about church or workplace or family dynamic or engaging with our community, it all comes back to paying attention to the way that Jesus forgave, paying attention to the way that Jesus touched the leper, paying attention to the way that Jesus received those who were on the margins, those that were on the outside. And so whether it's marriage, we, look, we pay attention to the way of Jesus, whether it's how we parent or whether it's how children treat their parents, you listening boys, then we look to Jesus. Whether it's in the workplace, we pay attention to Jesus. And um, I do, I do want to just like address this really quickly. So torn between whether to or not, because there's part of me doesn't want to speak to address this, because I think in some ways I'm like we've moved away from this whole thing around submission and hierarchical patriarchal culture. That's the that's the culture that Paul was writing to here. I almost don't want to talk about it because I almost just want to say this morning as whether women, whether it's in church, whether it's in leadership, whatever it is, there is no restrictions. There is no ceiling based on your gender. And so, I, but I don't, want to, I don't want to just brush past it because I know that for some of us, we're not all in the same place. This is my, this is my conviction. And I hope you trust me enough to know that I, just because that's my conviction, it doesn't mean that, that we, we shut off the conversation. But I'm 100, I shouldn't say 100%, take a scrap of that, but I am convicted that uh, no matter what, there is no restrictions. There are restrictions based on our character. There are restrictions based on our maturity, but there are no restrictions, no ceiling um, because of gender. And so it, it opens the question, and that's why I almost I'm afraid of opening it, because I know that we still have to wrestle through what's being said here. What's, what's Paul talking about here, and even more so in 1 Corinthians 11? But again, this is a deeply hierarchical culture. Women were, were seen as the, almost the lowest of the low. Children were treated and seen as the lowest of the low. And some churches still, um, still behave quite patriarchally, quite hierarchical, focusing exclusively. So whenever we come to this conversation, we come to this co debate, dialogue, we focus exclusively on wifely submission and male headship as the mark of Christian marriage. But you need to know, I think we need to know that what Paul says here in verse 20 is, was so radical. It was so out of the box, we cannot get our head around it. Because in this culture, into this male-dominated patriarchal culture, Paul says, submit to one another. This was, like this, honestly, we can't get our head around how far out of the box this was, how radical Paul's teaching was here. 
And so we could, we could take, we could go down so many different rabbit holes today. We could, we could address here, we're speaking about uh, the head. We could talk about headship. We would need, we would need a, an hour or two to talk about all of the complexities around this and all of the cultural stuff around this. But part of me is just like, I look at, the, I look at this, the order that God is the head of Christ and Christ is the head of the body and the man is the head of the, head of the wife. And I'm like, there's something doesn't add up here because all the, the, the parallel, the pairings have to be all the same. But God is, is God the head of Christ? God is not in authority over Christ. That would make Christ subordinate to God. And he's not. And that's why the early church, if you go back to the early church, you'll see over and over again, they had to keep making the point that Christ is God. Christ is God. He is not subordinate to God. God is not in authority over Christ. So even that in itself should make us think there's something else that we need to wrestle through here. And we can do that over coffee. We can do that over maybe actually lunch. Actually, it probably would need a three-course dinner for us to like really go after some of this. But I just want, I want to get the whole picture of it. And so whenever Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 24, don't have time to go into it. But again, rem- like remember, this is so radical what Paul is saying. We maybe some of us will think he doesn't go far enough. Some of us will think, well, it says it here in black and white, that's all I need. But still, whatever side you're on, you need to understand that this is radical, what Paul is saying. In this hierarchical culture, this male-dominated culture, Paul is saying the body of the husband belongs to the wife and the body of the wife belongs to the husband. That, like, that was unheard of. It was so remarkably radical that it would have, like, the people reading this or listening to this as it was read out to them, their jaws would have hit the floor. That Paul was saying there's something entirely mutual about authority here. There's something entirely mutual about saying that in the same way that the wife's body belongs to the husband, the husband's belongs to the body. This is so radical. And again, we need hours and hours to keep on talking about this. And I hope, it's not, I hope you don't think I'm being flippant by just brushing past this really quickly. Um, but because I do think it requires conversation, it does require relationship. But there is a part of me I wanted to touch on it just so that I make sure that from here I want to say that there is no restrictions when it comes to church and leadership and giftings, no ceiling because of gender. Um, there's last thing I want to say is that the the the, the the metaphors, the, what's being used here, the language that is being used, sorry, around marriage and the church, they're both composed of relationships that are a bold affront to the individualism in both society and church. Because for those of us that are married, you will know this, you'll be able to testify to this, that, or maybe it's just my marriage, most of the time I just want my own way. Thought of submitting is really challenging. It's just because I've bought into the 
individualism that is in society. But the individualism can equally be in church. When it comes to church, we want our own way. So it's why with so many people hop from church to church because the individualism mean, creates consumers. That means we want the best worship. We want the best kids work. We want the best preacher. Um, all of that. And so we'll hop from place to place because of this individualism that is so rife within society and unfortunately within the church. But here in these verses, whether it's at the home or in the workplace, Paul is telling us, suggesting to us, submit to one another. And it's not on its own. It's not isolated. It's not submit to one another and left there. It's submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we lay down our own way in our, in our relationships. We lay down our own way in the church out of reverence for Christ. Because we see him modeling it. That's what we see. That's what we, when we pay attention to him, that's what we see him model. And so I think that is, that is really difficult. It's really challenging. And this is where, it's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? And it's where, for some of us, we need to do a huge amount of confessing, a huge amount of work, a huge amount of laying our own preferences, our own ideals down in order to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And um, so, Father, help us. Uh, I pray that you would teach us and reveal to us what it looks like to take our everyday and our ordinary, to take our closest relationships, our closest friendships, um, our walking around life and to place it before you as an offering. Father, help us to, to work this out uh, really well. God, help us to be faithful to, to your word and to your whisper. Um, yeah, we love you. Help us, Spirit, illuminate. And also get rid of anything that's not of you. In Jesus' name, amen.